Welcome to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience The Good Life today. Danny Yamashiro here. Welcome to The Good Life, encouraging you with inspirational stories to share with family and friends through perspectives of hope in Jesus Christ. How does a boy who grew up gazing at night at the only clean square foot on his otherwise dilapidated ceiling, what did he see that led to becoming a world-renowned architect? How does his life reflect a daily practice he calls envisioning with God? This is the story of Dr. Francis Oda. Seeing the creative splendor of the Lord, Francis resonates with the prophet Joel in 228 of old men dreaming dreams and young men seeing visions. We pause here as we typically do at the beginning of our program to share how the love of Jesus Christ makes a difference in the lives of people. I'm talking about the love of Jesus so strong that he died on the cross for your sins. Yes, he shed his blood on that cross. He was buried, and three days later, he rose again from the grave. My friend, would you open your heart to Christ? Would you receive him as your Savior and Lord? Would you turn from your way to God's way? That's called repentance. That's our prayer. That's our hope. And if you already know the Lord, I believe you're going to be inspired by Francis Oda. He is the Chairman Emeritus at Group 70. He's also Senior Pastor Emeritus and Board Chair of New Life Church in Honolulu. He also serves as Global Chair of Transform Our World. He's the author of the book Envision with God, Believe and See. He earned a Bachelor of Architecture from Cornell University and a Doctor of Architecture from the University of Hawaii. He's married to Dr. Caroline Ward Oda. They have two children, Nalani and Reed, a dentist and Princeton PhD, respectively. Francis, welcome to our show. Thank you, Danny. Great to be here. Francis, congratulations on Envision with God. Thank you. Been a while (laughs) in the making, but it's finally out. Why is finding cultural meaning so important in architecture? Oh, I think one of our problems in modern society is most of us are disassociated from culture, and there's a whole uh, homogenization of global culture. And culture is meaning. Culture is history. Culture tells us about our relationship to people in the past, societies in the past, but also about the present. And so buildings that are devoid of cultural references and meaning uh, don't speak to me at all. They they are like a neutral envelope for whatever I'm doing. Um, I prefer to be in buildings that inform me, that support me, reflect me to a certain extent and which uh, inspire me and 
God created culture, you know. He, he was the one who continually spoke about cultures. And I think that uh, our physical environment has to reflect it also. Now, as you speak, you said it doesn't inspire you, uh, architecture or designs that don't reflect culture. Do you sense or have you seen that that is the case among others around the world? I believe so. Um, when I returned to Hawaii, there was a, a real debate going on among the local people, not the architects, but in the uh, letters to the editor about Waikiki, which are, is our famous gathering area uh, for tourism, um, turning into a glass and steel box or boxes. Uh, what people were essentially saying is that how does this reflect Hawaii? There are so many unique and very good ways that Hawaii could be reflected in environment and certainly not in terms of glass and steel, which is more a reflection of uh, Germany. It came out of the Bauhaus and then swept the world. And so unfortunately, uh, most architects are trained in this vocabulary and uh, have well, generally avoided any kind of local references because you're, con you're not considered a serious architect if you reflect local things. You have to be very international in your expression. And so when you say local things, there, there's, there's a transcendence of this local things. It's local within a given geographic and cultural context, correct? Yes, exactly. Within a certain uh, culture that's usually defined geographically. And in Hawaii, it's the uh, Hawaiian culture. But um, reflecting native Hawaiian culture uh, is very important. And now, um, in the last oh, 30, 40 years, we've had what we call our cultural renaissance, where Hawaiian language, Hawaiian music, Hawaiian art forms and crafts forms um, have become very commonplace and uh, been expressed and uh, continue uh, to be created as part of a living culture. This is not just going back to the past and repeating what was done maybe centuries ago. It's a, a continuous uh, process. Uh, but at one time uh, here in Hawaii, especially Hawaiians, were told not to reflect the culture. They, it was illegal to even speak the language. And um, yeah, so much was lost, but now uh, it's being regained. Um, in modern architecture, though, we, it's difficult to reflect the uh, grass and wood straw uh, architecture of the Hawaiians. And the Hawaiians did not generally do um, buildings outside of residential buildings and temp certain temples called Hea. Uh, so what I have gone to is the reflection of the various cultures that have formed Hawaii and that architectural um, style, if you want to call it a style, I coined the term Kama Aina architecture. Kama Aina, um, Kama is children, Aina is land. So 
this is the reflection of the architecture of the children of the land who came from uh, Asia, came from Europe, uh, came from the US, uh, and brought memories of their homeland to Hawaii. And a unique form of architecture was created just prior to World War II that reflects this. And this is now become a very common strain and style of architecture here in Hawaii. How does your approach, Francis, to architecture, approach to architecture address intractable problems of society? Okay, let's address um, the problem of uh, accessibility. I think we've all gone through uh, the experience of walking into a, a building or a complex where you feel that you don't belong, you really don't belong, whether it's a school or a public building or even someone's very fancy house. You feel that, wow, this is not, I don't feel comfortable here. My sense is that there should be, uh, or architecture should be accessible at multiple levels. Yeah, there are ceremonial kinds of architecture that has to have a certain pomp and circumstance, but it should be still accessible to everyone. Whether, um, well, we had a rule in our firm uh, that we would welcome everyone equally, whether they were wearing slippers or shoes. Now, this is a big differentiation in Hawaii because all of us grew up, grew up wearing or going barefooted or wearing slippers. But then we went off to college. Many of us went off to my two partners and I went off to Ivy League schools. And, uh, you know, shoes became a symbol of this other culture. Well, we wanted to do architecture that caused everyone to feel welcome. There's the um, issue of sustainability, for example. And so architecture really can address sustainability issues at multiple, multiple levels. Our firm is dedicated to this and we have people specializing in various parts of architecture uh, and not just architecture, but design in general. We have engineers, uh, civil engineers, especially who are dealing with um, resources, the management of uh, key resources like water, um, cleanliness of uh, the atmosphere, all of that. Uh, we have people involved with vegetation and vegetative, uh, native vegetation, which relates to native species. Um, so we are uh, sort of systematically addressing all of that. We have people who specifically are in a grouping that um, focuses on culture. So uh, they are native speakers intentionally. They are learning, well, many of them already know dance and cultural practices, and they're expressing it in their respective areas, whether it's architecture, design, planning, or uh, engineering and interior design. Those are the uh, aspects of our firm. And so uh, we've tried to address these things in a uh, systemic way. Uh, it's not just me or any individual thinking, okay, I'm gonna try to do all things to all, for all people, but uh, we're doing it as a firm and um, doing it together. 
You're listening to Dr. Francis Oda, his new book, Envision with God. This is, uh, as we're having this conversation, the questions emerge out of what he has written. When we come back from our break, King David of Israel and C.S. Lewis, what lessons on envisioning with God did they teach him? That and more, Francis Oda received more than 50 design awards including the American Institute of Architects Honor Award for Our Divine Savior Church in Chico, California. In 2014, he was honored by Pacific Business News as Hawaii's Business Leader of the Year. G70 Design. G70.Design. James 3.13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is brought to you by generous sponsors. Thank you to Coach Dino Babers and Mrs. Susan Babers, Mr. Edmund Jung and Mrs. May Jung, Mr. Rodney Arias Sr., A1A Electrician, Cedar Assembly of God, and the Thursday Men's Breakfast, Boston. If you, your business, or your church would like to support The Good Life with Dr. Danny, please visit drdanny.live. Join our partnership team. That's drdanny.live. Thank you. Listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. All right, the website is g70.design. Again, g70.design. Francis Oda's other award winning projects include the Four Seasons Lodge at Coele, the Four Seasons Manila Bay Hotel. Hanama Bay Nature Center, and the Maluhia Golf Clubhouse. Dr. Francis Oda joins us. And thanks for being with us today here at the Good Life Program. If you're tuning in right now or caught the tail end of the last segment, you can get this program in its entirety podcast available for you at drdanny.live. Francis, King David of Israel and C.S. Lewis, what lessons (laughs) on envisioning with God? Did they teach you? Well, what I gather from them is they both relied on the Lord. They relied on the Lord, even if they had many, many gifts of their own. C.S. Lewis, of course, was a professor, um, writer. Uh, He had such a creative uh, ability, but he relied on the Lord. And so did King David warrior, ruler, um, songwriter, songwriter, poet. And I think what, um, I mean, there are many things one can gather from both of them. But one thing is, don't rely on your own gifts and talents. God has given us many gifts and talents. And, um, but if you rely on these gifts and talents, solely and not on God, 
you start to burn out. And we see that um, King David uh, went through several periods of burnout. But can I tell you a story, um, Danny, about my experience? There? Please, please. Um, yeah, when I went to school, um, we were told that creativity was inside us. It was somehow in there, and our job was to kind of bring it out. And designs for buildings were somehow in us, and our job was to bring it out and then manifest it in drawings and things like that. So I, I believe that. And after graduating from Cornell, I um, went through this process that when I did a design, I had this idea that I had to deeply meditate about uh, on it. And if I dreamed it, then I could draw it. And that's exactly what I did for a number of years. I would go through a period of a, like a couple of weeks, uh, pretty much focused on this deep, um, problem, this uh, design opportunity, and barely talking to my wife, um, just really kind of hermetically sealed. And then one night I would dream about it, I would design it, and it would win a national award. Um, it was like clockwork. But what was happening was my hair was turning white in my early 20s. My uh, sight was going. I, I had night blindness. I had this huge pain in my stomach. And um, my wife encouraged me to go to the doctor. And so I went to the doctor and said, um, you know, what was happening? And he says, well, what are you doing? And I described it to him. He says, whatever you're doing now, stop it because you're killing yourself. But I had no alternative because I wanted to do good architecture. And this is the way I thought I was going to do it. Now, this is pre-coming um, to the Lord. I was not a believer at that time. So once I became a believer, and that was in my early 30s, I realized, no, the source of creativity is not inside of me, but it's the Lord. It's not my talent, but it's what God can anoint me to do with the creativity that he has that can be brought into my consciousness. So I changed the process totally around, and I um, prayed and received designs from God. They were completed. They won national, international awards, and I was healed. And what it taught me was that God is the source. I don't have to. Um, and, I, you know, God has gifted me with certain gifts and talents, which I need to use. But that's not the source of my creativity. That's not the source of what I'm going to do. It complements what I'm doing. And I have to lean on God, not my own understanding. So that really totally changed my life, changed my philosophy, my uh, way of practice. And I think that's um, something that I think especially King David uh, had to learn. In your book, Envisioning with God, you talk quite a bit about prayer. 
and mm-hmm. envisioning with God as a a kind of subset under the umbrella of prayer broadly. See, yes. can you say more about what what it's like to envision with God? You talked about having dreams or going through this routine so that you could receive a dream before you mm-hmm. became a believer and now as mm-hmm. a Christian. So what's what's the difference now and how does that relate with prayer as mm-hmm. the Lord reveals things to you? Yeah. So the um so how do I get this access to God? And I, I have to say that this is a practice and not a gift or a talent. And I believe everyone can do it and have real fruitfulness from it. But what I do is daily, and I have done it daily for over 50 years now, I spend part of my prayer time asking God to show me things. And, I, you know, being an architect, I like to see pictures. So what I do is I simply record, journal what I'm seeing. Usually I have no idea what I'm looking at, except I know what it looks like physically, but I don't know the meaning of it. Once I record it without any of my impressions applied to it, then I ask the Lord for interpretation. And he gives me an interpretation. Sometimes it's a design, but sometimes it's something uh, rather trivial, something in my um, day or whatever. And I, I, a lot of times I don't know what the connection is. But what I think I'm doing is I'm making sure that I'm tuned into God. And people pray, often pray, and feel God is not answering them. But we know God is continually communicating with us. But as a pastor, I realize that a lot of people are not tuned in. You know, it's it's like in any space that we're in right now, everyone who's listening, there are all kinds of communications going through. But unless you have your iPhone that can uh, pick up a certain message, or your radio that can pick up a certain frequency, it be, it's invisible to you. So what I do is every day make sure that I'm tuned in to the frequency God has given me. And the way I look at it is it's um, like going to the gym. You know, when you go to the gym, you don't work out with the heaviest weights. What you do is reps. You, you just build up your ability to have a healthy body so that when you are needing it, you can react in the proper way, balance-wise, strength-wise, all of that, health-wise. Most of my designs don't come in the morning when I'm doing my, um, I I call it uh, building my spiritual muscle. While I'm building my spiritual muscle, it's not that the designs come to me at that time. But during the day, when I'm consciously focused on that, they come. And it's amazing. Um, They come very quickly, very completely. So things that might normally take two or three months to do would actually take two or three days, or at the longest, two or three weeks to do. God compresses it all because... 
you're receiving the fullness of God's creativity. I, I continue to work on these things. I, um, my responsibility is to make sure that these concepts just don't fall to the ground, but that they are used and um, manifested finally in projects uh, or a book or a painting because I do painting also um, or talk. And um, so I have responsibility also. It's not just, okay, Lord, give it all to me and I'll simply uh, parrot it out. No, it's a collaboration. But the source of that collaboration is the Lord. A few years ago, Francis, I remember having the privilege of uh, sitting in a session at the Harvard Graduate School of Design. And there you were, a guest speaker, sharing, sharing not so much what you're saying now here on this radio program, but actually showing the award-winning designs that have been recognized internationally over the course of decades and just marveling at what was created. And now we hear the backstory of what was presented yeah. there. So, Francis, I, I, I want to continue on this, this uh, train of thought. And when we come back from our break, let's talk a little bit more. You write about, in your book, Envision with God, you write about neuroplasticity as it relates with envisioning with God. Let's talk about that and more when we come back. You're listening to Francis Oda. He's a fellow of the AIA, American Institute of Architecture, and a member of the American Institute of Certified Planners. You'll hear more from him, g70.design. Again, g70.design. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Wandering the road of desperate life Famously beneath the bear What can we learn about evangelism? Danny Yamashiro here. Rebecca Manley Pippert wrote in her book, Out of the Salt Shaker and Into the World. I once asked a woman if she felt comfortable about evangelism. Oh yes, she responded. I do it twice a week. Somehow it sounded more like taking multiple vitamins. Evangelism isn't just something you do out there and then get back to normal living. Evangelism involves taking people seriously, getting across to their island of concerns and needs, and then sharing Christ as Lord in the context of our natural living situations. For more inspiration on evangelism, go to drdanny.live. You're listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience The Good Life today. So the question is, how does, in what way does neuroplasticity relate with envisioning with God? Well, we have the author of Envisioning with God with us, Dr. Francis Oda, uh, an architect who graduated from Cornell University, the doctorate, doctorate of Architecture degree program was started 
by Dr. Francis Oda, and he'll share a little bit more with us about that. But Francis, uh, we can find out more about you at g70.design, but tell us, in what way does neuroplasticity relate with envisioning with God? Yes, um, this is my understanding. I'm certainly not an expert in it, but uh, neuroplasticity is this um, uh, emerging uh, study that um, the mind, your brain, actually continues to grow and can, can be reshaped in many in, in ways that are positive. So it used to be thought that once you pass a certain age, that's basically it. Your mind is set, your memory is set, all of that. Uh, what um, they're finding now today is that, in fact, the process continues to grow go on throughout your life. And what I believe is in this envisioning process that I go through, I'm actually uh, strengthening the neural pathways that connect to God, that connect to messages of God. Uh, neural pathways are the connections. And to the extent you don't use them, they dissolve, they disappear. The more you use them, the more they are strengthened. And so what I'm trying to do here is to strengthen my connections with God. And, you know, a lot of people, well, as a pastor, what I've found over the years is that most people, most people, most Christians are not confident that they know the voice of God. And... So they have to come to their pastor to confirm um, something that God told them, which to me is uh, rather ridiculous because it's like your father telling you something and you've got to go to a neighbor to confirm what you got, your father just told you. This process of envisioning with God really strengthens the awareness and the confirms that the what you're getting is from the Lord. At the beginning, it's a little tenuous, you know. You don't know whether it's your flesh that's giving you a certain impression, um, something someone said, Satan, or the pizza you ate last night. But over time, and not a long time, but several months, you begin to really feel more and more assured that this actually is God. And your experience, if you are obedient to doing what God um, directs you to do, uh, your experience confirms that. And I believe what happens is that the neural pathways are strengthened because um, you're, be you're beginning to really, really connect in a strong way to the Lord. And the stuff that is not being used, the stuff that is connected to the world, the flesh, and all of that, begins to actually dissipate. So you, you will hear God's voice much more strongly. In a conversation we had uh, a bit earlier, you, you did mention, you said, when some people ask, how do you know it's, the, how do you know it's God's voice? And you, mm -hmm. you, I remember you mentioning that you know, others have, have, have asked that same question. How did you answer that? 
Well, this is my take on that. Um, while I believe God can speak in a voice that is a language, I think the term voice is more applicable to the impression, the communication, rather than an audio um, communication, the uh, spiritual communication that comes from God. Now, yeah, I know the scripture talks about small, still voice, but uh, I, I did a series on heaven about a year ago, and uh, to prepare for that, I went through many, many uh, videos of people who uh, had gone to heaven and come back, uh, near-death experiences, NDEs, and um, universally, they all said that, no, they didn't hear a voice when people asked them, you know, did you talk to Jesus? Did you talk to God? They just said, no, they just knew. In other words, there is a knowing that comes to you. Uh, the Hawaiians would say that is annoying in your um, na'au, which is the source of life, the source of strength, which is your uh, belly button, your navel. Uh, others would say it's a knowing that comes to your gut, uh, similar kinds of expressions. Um, seldom does it come to my mind first. It it works the other way. Then my mind catches up. You're, you're... That's when I know it's from God because um, my mind can do all kinds of fancy things you know, that might not be productive. But my gut, my na'au, my knowing has really um, been the basis of a lot that I've done in my life. And I have risked uh, a lot, not only um, in terms of my life, but in terms of finances based on that. And I found it to be very, very consistently um, true. Now, the more you do it, the stronger it gets. So I think a lot of people receive from God annoying also we've all gone through this uh, all of us have received some kind of knowing from God but because we're not we don't have the spiritual muscle a lot of it we grasp at but cannot hold on to falls to the ground others just so uh, uh, blow our minds that we put it on the shelf we don't we don't take it seriously or we think we're going to do it later. The practice of envisioning is this daily practice of doing small things related to knowing that then lead to big things throughout your life. You grew up looking up in the ceiling, at the ceiling, a small yeah. square foot of clean space in an otherwise dilapidated uh, home or ceiling. Francis, what did you see on that ceiling that inspired you to the career that you've had now for over 50 years? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, certainly, when I looked up at the ceiling, I used to think to myself, am I going to ever live in a house that looks that nice? You know, this one square foot of clean, undamaged, 
painted ceiling. And maybe that was what I uh, was partially my inspiration. The, uh, the image though is still very powerful to me because I realized that there are people who are living that way now, of course. And part of my calling as an architect is to address the issue of affordable housing and shelter. So I'm motivated uh, not only as an architect, but as a believer to address those kinds of issues. And I'm working right now on projects that do exactly that. And I remember myself as this little kid who was growing up in uh, what today we would call a slum. We didn't call it a slum in those days. It was just our neighborhood. Um, and uh, I want to do something about it. And God has um, called me to do something about it. You write that at Cornell, many students were lost. You meant dropping left and right. Many, many didn't mm -hmm. have the creativity or endurance to cross the finish line. Francis, how vital is creativity and endurance? Yeah, they were all creative people. Now, were they creative to the extent that they could finally get through? And to give you a sense, we had a class of 60 people. Uh, 20 were added from upper classes. They came down to us. So 80 people, 11 of us graduated. Of the 11, one became um, Dean of Princeton Architecture School. The other, another, my, one of my best friends became Dean of Yale Architecture School. Others went on to various other very successful careers. But the people who dropped out were extremely intelligent. They already, you know, everyone was in the 99th percentile. They were creative, um, but they didn't persevere. And I think perseverance is something that the Bible talks about. Just keep at it. Now, some of them have become very successful in the fields that they were more called to. Uh, one is a very successful attorney here in Hawaii. Interestingly enough, he's from New Hampshire, but he located here in Hawaii. Another, uh, I met, uh, my wife was going to Stanford and I met him and he was doing his residency um, in Stanford Medical School uh, after dropping out of architecture at Cornell. So, you know, obviously a diligent person, a smart person, it just was the wrong feel for them. But for the others, and so many that I see uh, in other fields, uh, it's the perseverance thing. And, you know, uh, my uh, thought is that if you're going to be, uh, for example, a professional singer, uh, you've got to practice a lot. Now, you might have a basic talent that God has given you. Um, and there are a lot of talented singers. But the ones who really make it do not rely on their talent only, but they keep at it. They, they practice their gift and they keep um, diligently persevering. So one of my uh, 
primary um, mantras is to per persevere. And that's what scripture says that, uh, you know, perseverance leads to all, many good things, right? You're listening to Dr. Francis Oda. He joins us from Honolulu, Hawaii. When we come back in our final segment, we certainly will have a time of prayer. But uh, the question, why will the Lord always give us visions beyond our imagination? Francis Oda is the author of the book, Envision with God, Believe and See. He'll share more and answer that question, and we'll have a time of prayer. Prayer for you, dear friend. G70.design. Find out more about him there. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Wandering the road of desperate life. Famously beneath the barren sky. On behalf of Danny Yamashiro Ministries, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny. Weekdays at 6 p.m. on WEZE and visiting drdanny.live for more resources. My dear friend, it is because of listeners and donors like you that we are able to spread the message of Jesus' love and bring hope to people like you, your family, and friends. Proverbs 11.25 says, He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Will you prayerfully consider donating to Danny Yamashiro Ministries so that we may continue to broadcast the gospel so believers will be built up and non-believers may form a relationship with Jesus Christ? Visit drdanny.live to make a financial contribution today. That's drdanny.live. And thank you again for supporting The Good Life with Dr. Danny. May God richly bless you with The Good Life. Listening to The Good Life with Dr. Danny, a program of Danny Yamashiro Ministries and Formation Institute. Divisions of Jesus Christ is calling you. Now let's join Dr. Danny and experience the good life today. Dr. Francis Oda is the chairman emeritus at Group 70. He's also senior pastor emeritus and board chair of New Life Church in Honolulu. He joins us. From Honolulu today, he is an adjunct associate professor at the University of Hawaii School of Architecture and a distinguished alumnus of the university where he developed the Doctor of Architecture program. You can find out more about Francis Oda at g70.design. Francis, why will the Lord always give us visions beyond? our imagination? Uh, that's an excellent question and very profound. I think there's a simple answer to that. Uh, if it was within our imagination and within our understanding, our knee-jerk reaction, our first reaction was, oh yeah, I know how to do that. And we'd start going about doing it uh, based on our own understanding, based on our past experience maybe. And that's not God's will. God wants us to follow him, the move of his Holy Spirit. So what I found is exactly what you're saying. The things of great value that the Lord has called me to do, I really don't know how to do them. I don't have the time to do them. And I don't even want to do them. And when those things, three, line up, I know it's exactly what God wants me to do. 
And I've had a very recent experience in that. Uh, Our church is in Chinatown. And Chinatown uh, in Honolulu is a challenged community. Um, Drugs, prostitution, uh, homelessness, uh, all all of that. And uh, we minister to people who are homeless, who are on drugs, as well as other people. Most of the people who are in our church don't live in Chinatown. In fact, come from elsewhere. Uh, but uh, we knew and know that we're called to Chinatown and to transform Chinatown in this uh, in a dynamic way. So over the last uh, uh, three or four months, we've been focused on that. And I've been praying to the Lord, Lord, show me who should lead this, because this is a multi-year and possibly even a multi-generational effort. We kept praying and praying, and finally the Lord told me in uh, no uncertain terms, it was to be me. And sure enough, it was not something I felt I wanted to do. I mean, I wanted to be a part of it, but I didn't want to lead it. I didn't know how to do it. How do you transform Chinatown? And third, I didn't have the time to do it. So I said, okay, Lord, I'm doing it. And so last Saturday, this past Saturday, we uh, convened our task force, uh, people that the Lord has selected to head certain aspects of this, uh, all the way from, uh, uh, well, a number of people who have PhDs even, who have businesses, and then those who have come off the street and successfully come off of drugs and transition to normal lives. Um, About 16, 17 of them, of us, uh, committed a minimum of three years, but we all know that this is a long-term commitment to move forward uh, towards the transformation of Chinatown. And it's something far beyond uh, my understanding and any of our understanding. No one has ever done it before, and no one knows that it can be done except God. So we are totally reliant on him. Certainly, we use what knowledge we have in terms of starting businesses. We have entrepreneurs in the group. In terms of uh, fundraising, we have fundraisers in the group. Uh, We have teachers. We have others. But... uh, the whole package is far beyond any of us. And yet we trust in the Lord and we rely on the move of the Holy Spirit. So I think that's why God gives us dreams and visions that uh, go far beyond what we expect. Francis, someone may be stretching to grasp this idea about the Lord giving us visions beyond our imagination. As they do that, one might be saying, well, what about the practical things? Is it still not of God if something is still within the framework of what I would consider practicality? Does God speak to us in those ways too, not just beyond our imagination? I, th- I think God speaks to us in all aspects of life. There are the mundane things, 
Should I go here? Should I go there? Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I eat this? Or shouldn't I eat this? All of those things God uh, has an investment in and can lead you to. That said, the big things of your life, um, like marriage, like, uh, you know, what, whatever God calls you to do, mission work, uh, vocation, all of that goes into new territory. It's not your day-to-day stuff. And that's where you really need vision and you really need dreams. Now, the funny thing is that since I've become a Christian, I haven't dreamed about buildings. I uh, just get this prompting of God. I start drawing and the building comes out. Uh, (laughs) It was before I uh, became a believer that I would have dreams. So uh, in my case, now God speaks to me in a different way. And I, he speaks to my wife, who's a, a English major, in words, not in pictures. So um, I think we should, the main thing is not what we're doing or how we're applying this practice because we can apply it to every aspect of our lives, but that we are applying the practice consistently, daily, throughout our lives. And that consistency and daily use will just add up to something quite profound after a while and something that will be so essential to you that you'll never want to not do it. Francis, as we close our show a time for prayer prayer in view of uh, someone might be having a a vision beyond their imagination even as we Mm -hmm. speak someone listening dear one you can go go to g70.design find out about and see some of the designs that francis is talking about how god has spoken to him in this creative and imaginative way of of designs at five-star hotels in tahiti in Indonesia, uh, throughout the islands, internationally, as well as nationally, G70.design. Francis, as we close today, could you lead in a prayer for someone right now who is either yearning for God to speak to them or God is speaking to them and they're sort of floored by it, saying, what do I do next? A prayer. Okay. Um, If I might uh, suggest uh, a systematic way of learning this practice is kind of shown in my book, uh, Envision with God. And um, the first thing you do is you record it. You you need to record what God is saying. And then uh, there are various steps you take. So Lord, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask that if this is you who Danny is talking about, you have a vision, you have a dream, and it's far beyond what you think you can do, or you're not even sure that it's from God, and it seems rather um, ridiculous in that it's so far out. Bar your heart right now. Come before the Lord. Lord. I pray for this person. I pray that they will continue to seek you 
because you have found them with this dream, with this vision, with this call. And I pray that they will develop the discipline that's going to be necessary to accomplish it. That they would, on a daily basis, seek you, find you, hear you, record what you're saying to them, and move forward in implementing what you say. Lord, let them start in small things. But you said, don't despise the day of small beginnings. And as they grow in their capacity, in their abilities, and in their confidence in you and in themselves, Lord, I pray that they will see the dreams and visions that you have given them manifested powerfully, but not for their own ownership. But these things are for you. They need to dedicate these things to you from the get-go. And so, Lord, we honor you, we glorify you, and you are the source, and you are the finisher. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Francis, thank you so much for being with us today. You're welcome. It was an honor to be on your show. Envisioning with God from Dr. Francis Oda, G70.design. My friend, God's timing is perfect. And hey, there's no better time than right now to share the love of Jesus with someone near you. And if you haven't done so, look, I believe this might be that perfect moment for you to open your heart to Jesus Christ. Go to drdanny.live on Next Steps and find resources to reach family and friends. Subscribe on major podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple. Psalm 25, verse 9, He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them His way. It's always a blessing to be with you. Thank you to Dr. Francis Oda, G70.design. Until next time, along with my producer, David Nasora, Creative Director, Brian Torres, Social Media Director, Luke Yamashiro, and Guest Coordinator, Jan Yi. I'm Danny Yamashiro. Remember, the Lord is with you as you share the love of Jesus with someone today. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of The Good Life with Dr. Danny. We hope that today's program has been a blessing for you and that you may find hope in hearing how God's Word affects people from all walks of life. The Good Life with Dr. Danny is a listener-supported program, and we'd like for you to prayerfully consider becoming a sponsor or donor. To contact Dr. Danny and learn more about the ministry, visit drdanny.live. That's drdanny.live. Be sure to tune in weekdays at 6 p.m. to hear The Good Life with Dr. Danny. Until next time, may God richly bless you with the good life.